On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase. And the question, censure over impeachment. Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train. Tune in Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 for Dave and Dijanovic. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, Talk to us at Cordell and Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to Innovation and Leadership. I'm Jess Larson. This is part two of our interview with Daniel Harmon. Depend more on the type of product or the type of brand that they're trying to promote because you have to find partnerships that work. You can't just go do it because, oh, everybody's going to be doing this and this is the next thing. You um, you need to be intentional about it. Um, I have a good friend, um, uh, Ricky Ray Butler. He's the um, CEO of Branded Entertainment Network. Uh, if you missed part one, go back, listen to all these great campaigns that you know people are investing hundreds of thousands and getting millions in sales from. And that's actually what I want to talk about is, um, you know, our consulting firm, Mylan, we, we have ad agencies that are clients. Um, I'm interested in the space in general. I read the books. I, I like it. Uh, we, we obviously do media production as a media company ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we do not see it very common that an ad agency, I shouldn't say very common. I don't know anybody else that holds themselves to the standard of we're going to do marketing and it's going to make you a lot of money uh-huh. and like that level of metric. And you guys are obviously creative. You're, you know, with hundreds of millions of views of these campaigns. It's obviously funny. It's obviously creative. Can you talk about what you think the rest of the advertising world is missing or, or what, what it is specifically that you say is different about your approach that you are getting these sales for your yes. customers? So I think it is very much the focus on being able to drive um, that top line revenue for them. And I think our mentality from that comes a lot from the fact that we've all of us as founders here have been have been um, entrepreneurs at one time or another. Um, in 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 most cases, kind of serial entrepreneurs leading up to this point, and so we kind of know where the business kind of lives and dies to begin with. And so we feel like we're going to be really disingenuous um, to ourselves and other people if we're not offering some sort of a service that is ultimately giving them an, a return on investment. Um, giving them a lift in sales. I mean, if you ask me my definition of advertising, it's three words, media that sells. And that's it. Um, it ultimately, you can say, oh, but what about all this like PR stuff or all these things? I'm using it for awareness or for positive... Um, Brand affinity. Yeah, ex- it, whatever it might be, or engagement. It, like, at the end of the day, who cares if, if your sales don't go up? Like, what, what's the point of, any, of creating any kind of a media asset or communicating with your customers in any kind of a way if the sales aren't the ultimate goal of that, right? And I know that sounds like it's cutthroat, but I don't think it is at the end of the day. I think you can still be very um, true to customers and be very um, serving of them at the same time as you still have that ultimate goal. you got to drive the business with the sales. Well, it sounds like the very first thing you're doing different is you are measuring yourself that way. Yes. You are, you are upfront stating 
the mountain we are climbing is media that sells, not media that makes people feel good or media that builds a relationship with the customer. It's media that sells. Is that fair? Yes. I mean, obviously we, we, the branding comes along for the ride. That's a huge portion of it for us. We're very big on branding. We always say, even though we're going to create, you know, a really nice, um, you know, direct response campaign, it's also going to be branded at the same time. So if we're in, you know, just to use Squatty Potty as an example again, for those people who don't click through onto the website and either buy or go to Amazon and buy, that at least the unicorn and the prince sticks in their head so that when they're walking through um, Target or Costco or, or wherever they might be and they see the Squatty Potty there, then that recognition is there. You well, know? Um, we ended up watching the Fiber Fix video so many times at my house. Because my wife thought it was funny. And she watched it so many times that that's what every of the brothers and brother-in-laws in in our family got in their Christmas (laughs) stocking was they all got fire fix. It's awesome. It's a great product. What's funny is you're actually doing the service that it's funny enough that when somebody else would come over, she'd be like, hey, hey, you got to watch this commercial. Come here, come watch this. This is so funny. Right? Yes. And she almost gets like social credibility by sharing it Uh because it's that funny. Right? Yeah. And then in the midst of all that humor, you're like legitimately like, you legitimately show the unfair advantage of this over duct tape. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's right. like, and that stuck with her to the point that she took the time to go find it and get it sent to people and ordered to the right houses. And, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's awesome. Um, yeah. Well, that's the idea. <laughs> it is. It, it's funny. I feel like I'm answering my own question, but this idea of like, kind of like we get what we measure. Yes. Right. And it sounds like you're holding yourself to that measurement. Very much so. Whenever we um, get into a partnership with a client, we try to align all our incentives in the contract, the agreement with, um, with theirs and being able to deliver on that bottom line and have a, a return on investment. So, um, I mean, such was the case, case with Camp Chef when they approached us. Um, it's, a company, um, it's a company out of Logan, Utah, and um, they made this really great, they make this really great grill uh, called the Woodwind. And at the time, actually, we were in talks with Traeger, who makes um, another grill like this, the pellet grill. But when we actually did um, tests with them side by side and stuff, we felt like the wo- the woodwind actually had the the superior technology and everything. Um, and so it's something we really believed in. And but um, at the end of the day, we needed to be able to drive sales. And so. When we approach ads, it's very much from the standpoint of what sold me on something, right? That's, that's where I start. As I think the best insights come as a marketer when you can think like a customer. And when you have that insight of like what sold me on this product first, then you can write to that and you can create to that very, um, very specifically and very intentionally. And I mean, it was released, I can't remember, a little over a year ago now, but I mean... It's driven millions in sales um, for them for this uh, for the woodwind. It's a, it is a fantastic product. It's the Grill God, which I don't know if you've uh, you've seen that ad, but um, if you if you search uh, Camp Set, Camp Chef Woodwind on Facebook or on 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 YouTube, you'll find it there. Um, but yeah, it's it's very much setting that expectation with the client that this is how we're going to approach it. We're going to build a long term brand with you, but at the end of the day, this campaign has to be able to drive sales, and we. Um, you know, we have a track record we have a formula for going about doing that. Yeah. When you think about, when you think about somebody like us, media company, we're trying to, we're trying to provide access 
to business thinkers and and folks who um, maybe the general population doesn't necessarily get to hear this level of thinking from someone, right? Yeah. Like that's that's the service we hope we're providing is yeah. access to somebody who actually did it. Instead of just hearing about it or yeah. reading an article of somebody else's interpretation from it, it's straight from the horse's mouth. Here's what actually happened. Yeah. Here's what I actually, actually think you should do yeah. if you're uh-huh. trying to follow what I did. You know, le- lessons, right? Yeah. Um, for somebody like us, as you think about, as you think about um, the future of media, you read you read books about about the media business and the yes. entertainment business. Uh-huh. As you think about the future of media, and you think about somebody like us, you know, there's obviously five hundred thousand other, literally five hundred thousand other podcasts out there. Um, you know, we're trying to get into TV right now, um, and there's no shortage of video content out there. Yep. What advice do you have for somebody like us who is, who is trying to deliver on a customer promise? Or what advice would you have for us in general, knowing what you know about media? Sure. Um, finding finding something you're really passionate about your your niche is really important. What you guys are obviously doing, and um, and then it's all about I think picking the platform that makes the most sense for your audience. And um, for your audience, I'd say if you're not, um, for, for people out there in general that are wanting to do this, um, Facebook Watch right now is kind of an exploding platform. It's, it, it kind of feels like the early days of YouTube right now with Facebook Watch for people that are getting in on it. Because essentially what Facebook has decided is that any kind of video content that's not created on its system, it's going to basically algorithmically push out of your newsfeed, Right. They're just—they're not going to show it to you if you're—if you're sharing a YouTube link, or if you're sharing a Vimeo link or something like that. They're not going to show it to you in a dynamic way, like with the autoplay, and um, you know the the big prime real estate. And so with Facebook Watch, they're they're actually um, algorithmically favoring that a lot. Um, and um, so I mean, just just a case in point, um, a dry bar comedy. Um, so. Uh, Harmon Brothers has done. Oh, sorry, you were going to. Well, inject. for people who don't know, largest yeah, collection. So, your co-founder of of VidAngel. Yes. You guys have the largest collection of clean comedy in the world, right? Right. Is that yeah, I'm not. Or? I'm not like involved in the day to day business of VidAngel, but yes, I was an original co-founder. Um, my brothers run that now, but what they've done with Drybar is um, they're releasing content daily, uh, which is a big ask, right? But. Um, and it's it's family friendly stand up comedy, and um, they're putting these snippets out there on Facebook, and they are they're now up to three million followers um, when they just launched this thing on Facebook Watch a little earlier this year, and um, well, quite a bit earlier this year, but still three million followers, and they're getting somewhere in the neighborhood of like a hundred million views now a month, and um, just astronomical numbers, but. You kind of have to go to where your audience is um, and um, learn to play on what you kind of have to say to yourself, not only what benefits me, but one of what benefits the platform that I'm on. Because really the platforms are self-serving. At the end of the day, Facebook wants to do what's best for Facebook and YouTube wants to do what's best for YouTube. And they might take a while to get there, but if you're creating content that um, plays to their game, and plays to what is beneficial for them, um, then yes, that gives you a huge leg up. Yeah, I love it. What about in general? Just what else do you see for the the future of the, you know, media, entertainment, advertising trifecta? What do you th- What do you see coming down in the next handful of years? Next, 
one to three years, next five years? Um, we might see a lot of resurgence come in the way of um, branded content. I mean, so much of what you saw in the past of Transformers, like the um, G.I. Joe and some of these early uh, Lego, animated Lego movie. shows. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so much of the content that was made back then was made to sell merchandise. Mm. And I think we're going to see a lot more branded content in that way where original content is being built but with the sponsorships very much in mind um i think we'll see a lot more of that coming it'll be interesting to see how much of that comes like through. a really long Harmon brothers ad that's what you're trying <laughs> to like like a series of our hopefully not <laughs> no. hopefully it's more of like a regular yeah, yeah. tv i know what you're saying tv show but like native um, advertising branded content yeah well i mean so there are tens of billions of dollars just waiting to be invested for example next year across netflix Amazon Prime, Hulu, Facebook, YouTube, and the like, right? And, and, and this isn't even including any of Hollywood stuff. These are just the new media players that are coming in, right? And um, although they are becoming Hollywood, right, uh, um, in their own way. But they're like tens of billions. And so there's a lot of place for this content coming. And I, I feel like obviously advertisers are going to have a piece of that pie. And so I think... So much of the brand integration and branded content is going to is going to make its way in into these um, these different this different programming, and um, yeah, I, th- I think that's a lot of a lot of what's coming. So let's say somebody who's listening is from the size of organization that can play at that level, mm-hmm. but they don't know who to talk to. They don't know how to get a foot in the door. They don't know how to n- figure out what they don't know. Mm-hmm. If you were if you're their consigliere. And you're telling them, you know, go to Hollywood Boulevard and wave hundred dollar bills around. <laughs> What's what? What would you recommend as they're if they wanted to break into that? If they wanted to get ahead of the curve on something like that? I mean, it's a networking game. At, at the end of the day, you have to start um, getting to know creators and influencers um, to start. Um, it's it's, it's going to depend more on the type of product or the type of brand that they're trying to promote because you have to find partnerships that work. You can't just go do it because, oh, everybody's going to be doing this and this is the next thing. You, um, you need to be intentional about it. Um, I have a good friend, um, uh, Ricky Ray Butler. He's the um, CEO of Branded Entertainment Network for Ben. And so this is what he does all for a living. Is like, for example, is he, he goes and he promotes. Um, he finds um, uh, uh, he, he finds ways to integrate brands that are his clients into um, content creators content and, and, and makes all that happen. And um, it's really good to get to know someone like that, <laughs> obviously. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a matter of networking your in and networking your way in. And obviously I'm, I'm, we're not squarely in that field, right? We are right now. We, we service clients that are looking to do, you know, a Harmer brothers style campaign where we're going to drive a return on investment and we're going to create a long-term brand. And so um, I'm not even necessarily the best person to ask of like, who, who do you connect with other than um, start with anyone, anyone that has a following, like an influencer is anybody that has a following of any kind, Jess, you are an influencer. (laughs) Um, And, um, and then just start networking your through your way through to creators. And eventually you'll find someone that's like, Oh, that's a good match. And it might not be as big as you want to start out with, but at least it gives you a starting point of like, Hey, what if we integrated how could, how could we integrate this into my content? I mean, what you're doing right now isn't 
all that dissimilar, right? You, t- you take a moment for a sponsor break inside your show. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily as, as subtle or something as in a Transformers movie where they hold up a Coke or I don't know, I don't watch Transform- yeah. Transformers movies <laughs> to even know, but it's, it might not be as subtle or even on the nose as that, but it, essentially it's the same kind of thing. It's integrating the two worlds, yeah. right? Michelle reminds me, <laughs> we need to take a sponsor break. Okay. Everybody will be right back after the sponsor break. Okay, so Daniel, before the sponsor break, um, we, we were talking about a number of different things. Um, you know, I want to I want to shift gears j- just a little bit, but but staying on this element of um, not just making stuff that's fun or not just making stuff that's creative, but um, showing up with that intent to be profitable. Yep. You know, uh, we obviously live in a world with a lot more venture capital dollars being spread all over the place mm-hmm. and, and people get hyper concerned about all sorts of numbers that are not profit. Yes. And as a result, you know, some make it, some don't. Yes. Um, can you just talk about some of your business philosophy in general? If you had to give advice to somebody else out there growing a brand, mm-hmm. what's the Daniel Harmon advice? Sales fixes all ills. Tell me about that. So, um, in, when you're starting a business, you can make all sorts of mistakes, but at the end of the day, if you have um, revenue and if you have profits of some kind, if you're actually moving product and making sales, then you can work your, work your way through all those other mistakes. And a lot of people will spend a lot of time building out all these things, like you said, all these uh, quantitative things that might seem like they're important, like, oh, I've got this kind of a social following, or we've got this kind of engagement, or any number of other vanity metrics or things that you can measure off of, but, but all businesses, um, live and die by sales. And so if you learn how to find that one thing that you can sell, like even if it's, even if you have this grand vision of something, it's starting with that kind of minimal, minimum viable product that will actually, um, create enough value that someone wants to exchange, their, their money with you in order to get that good or service, then, then you can, it gives you runway to be able to fix the other portions of your business that ultimately all kind of still come back to help the sale as well. I'm just laughing because that sounds like the most simple advice that we would teach in like fifth grade business education class. Right. Yeah. And yet that's that's At, my that's my level of business yeah. education right there. No, no, but I want to talk about this though. <laughs> it's it's back to the Leonardo da Vinci simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Yes. You know, we are so proud that we got picked up by the NBC affiliate who who sells all our advertising for us and distributes the show for us and that we we got our partnership with Forbes and we're co-hosting yeah. our our our, sh- our uh, episodes with Forbes now, right? Congratulations Thanks. by the way. That's awesome. And uh and that's great and all, but that doesn't get to put put a kid through college. Mhm. Saying you have a partnership with Forbes. Now, yeah. obviously, the second, third order effects ideally lead to that, right? Yes. And so it just makes me think of like, I don't know, can I show up with a beginner's mind? You know, I've obviously crashed and burned like 10 other businesses, a couple, had a couple, had a couple that did well and another 10 that didn't, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So, like, like we all have, right? And so it's easy for, it's easy for me to either choose of like, am I going to be a big deal and be like, oh yeah, I know that? Or am I going to show up with a beginner's mind of like, what kernel of that do I need to learn from right now? Mm-hmm. You know? And it is interesting how like every business goes out of business for the same reason. 
when you can't pay the staff anymore, they stop coming to work. That's right. <laughs> so either you didn't raise enough investment up front to last until you've got revenue. Right. Or you just didn't get revenue soon enough or enough of it or the whatever, yeah. right? And like... Um, well, sales also creates leverage when you're talking investment. Like if you, if you come to the table to an investor and you can already show sales traction, yeah. you have a point of leverage where normally angel investors, venture capitalists and the like, they are very good at leveraging, right? Because they usually have it. Whereas a small business, you don't. But if you have sales and you have a runway and you know you're not going to go out of business next week because, oh, I can still bring in these sales, then you can wait to get the deal that you want rather than having to give in and do it all on their terms. And so it's it's huge. And that's assuming you could do the deal on their terms because... Uh, you know that cliche, uh, desperation is a stinky cologne? <laughs> yes, very much so. Right? Especially with investors. It's like, it's like with investors, it's like high school. Um, it's all about like, who's the hot girl, you know, or who's the hot guy. And that's who everyone wants to go out with and who's cool. And uh, like, who's in, in demand? I mean, it's basic economics at the end of the day, but, um, but if you have so. the revenue mm-hmm. and you have the ability to be like, no, thanks. Mm-hmm. It's like the playing hard to get. Yes, right? very much playing hard to get. Yeah. So I, I would say that is, that is my best advice for anyone that's growing a business um, is, is sales cures all other ills. And um, I, to us, we apply this in advertising. Um, like, like I mentioned, I think on, on the last episode or this one, I can't remember, but um, we, we approached from the mindset of sales first, art second. And people get very wrapped up, like you said, on these other things, stylistically cool things when you're dealing with something like film, when you're making video, right? Um, that can be tangential, that can be distracting, that don't ultimately drive home kind of your main um, value core, um, your, your main um, value proposition for the customer. But if you focus in on what matters, my personal belief is that the art is actually elevated that you actually get better art by, by in an advertising sense, especially by focusing on the sale in the way that you should. And, and what I mean by that is you get more clarity of message. It, it makes more sense to the customer. I think it resonates better. And at the end of the day, like an artist, what does an artist exist for if they can't like share that art with other people? And you can only share that with other people if, if you can, Make it work um, from a dollars and cents standpoint. It's got to be able to. Re- it, you've got to be able to spend a dollar and know that you're getting more than a dollar back. And so that's for for us. That's why that focus is so important. I love it. I think that's the best place to end. Let's just end right there. Cause okay. Because because if more of us could execute on that simple message, <laughs> we would all have a lot less stress, right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I agree. Yeah. Well, thanks for making time for us. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Well, that's it for the episode. One other thing I wanted to tell you about, if you'll remember the guys from Convoy uh, in episodes back, Ken Free and Trent Mano, I went on one of their CEO trips to New York and I met a guy named Brent Thompson, very successful entrepreneur. He was former CEO of Jive Communications, big uh, company now, I think three or $400 million. Anyways, he, uh, he started a new company called blipbillboards.com. I'm super stoked they're a sponsor now. But I, I remember 
a year and some ago when I met him, I thought it was genius. Instead of having to buy six months or a year's worth of billboard um, for thousands of dollars, you can buy eight seconds at a time for like 10 or 20 cents. You pick what billboard you want it on, what time of day you want it to run. And it just puts so much power in the hands of, of marketers and CEOs who want to try something and see if it works. You can buy as many or as few as you want, change it as many times as you want. Uh, I think now our podcast is being advertised on billboards in like 18 different states because we have these guys as sponsors. We're pretty excited about it. Hope you check out blipbillboards.com. Thanks. Hi, welcome to the Subway ad for $2.99 subs. How would you like it? Uh, I'll take Drill Sergeant, please. You got it. All right, now listen up. I want each and every one of you to drop and give me a six-inch meatball marinara, cold-cut combo, veggie delight, or black forest ham on your choice of bread with any veggies you want for just $2.99 each. Subway! Make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied.